This podcast may contain adult themes and triggering topics. Please be kind to yourself if you get triggered by what we discuss. Also, this isn't a substitute for therapy or counseling. Please listen to the appendix at the end for some of our recommendations for resources that will help you find a qualified mental health care provider. Now, we take you to a time in the near future where emotional abuse has been appropriately deemed a crime and the survivors find a home to reclaim their lives and freedom. This is Haven, and these are the stories of the Reclaimers. I still don't know what to do about it. Addie deserves her anger. Yeah, but Ben didn't know he was being used like that. Is that it? Is that what? If he didn't know he was being used, and you didn't know you were being used... You... you think I identify with Ben? Well, how often have you told us that you felt like a murderer for all those years... That sounds like being used to me. If our abuser had done that to me, I never would have been able to recover. Not to mention things like the cactus blooms. I'll never forget your face when you said that in the inquiry. How much that twists you up when you talk about it still. Okay. I admit to feeling like Ben and I have a lot in common. Then it makes sense. What does? If Addie's angry with Ben, and you see yourself as being like Ben, then... Then maybe Addie's angry with me, too. And not just for lying to her. Right. My fear is, what if she's actually angry with me because I murdered 13 people? Percy, I want to ask you about that, but I don't want to pry. Ask away. I know it's good for me to talk about it. Using the question Trip used when we talked about shame. Okay. Are you a murderer? Because, okay, using sorted out, do you really believe that you're responsible for the deaths of those people? Cognitively? Rationally? No. But in your heart? Every moment of every day, I feel like I owe the universe something because I didn't see through what our abuser was trying to do. Maybe I'm not responsible the way he said I was, but I'm responsible for... For what? For not seeing through our abuser. For not using my telepathy to read him up front. Funny how all of us carry that, huh? His deception is our fault somehow. You know, Trip, that's a good insight. He never made me feel like I'd murdered someone. Yeah, but he made each of us responsible for his actions. Wow, not just deception. Like, every bad thing he did was our fault. Hey, speaking of, any word from Demi? No, not yet. I'm on priority notification status, so I'll hear first. I haven't been able to stop thinking about her. Me neither. Percy, before we get too far from the Ben issue... Yes? I don't have someone like Ben, per se, but there was this person. I don't want to go into it too much, but I've struggled so hard to forgive her. She didn't know she was a flying monkey. What does she say now that he's been convicted? I haven't talked to her. You don't have to. Wait, getting that bundle. Trip, what's that? Did you have someone like Ben, too? Yeah, not not someone I'd like to interact with, but I'm kind of forced to. Why's that? He's my wife's uncle. He worked with our abuser and then actually was the reason I met my wife. Oh, wow. Who's yours? Another professor from Yale. Someone who respected our abuser a lot. I guess I just wanted to ask Percy about forgiving Ben. How did you do it? I... 
Whoa, what's that bundle? That's huge. I... I just have this ability. Like the stadium-sized calm wave. A little. Our abuser taught me how to stop emotions. To just stop feeling them. Like burying them? No. It's more permanent than that. What do you mean, permanent? Like my anger for Ben. So, like, there's just nothing there? You try to feel angry with him and you just don't? Yeah. Is that causing you shame? Yeah. Because? Because of how our abuser taught me to do that. How's that? After I bonded with the 13, our abuser convinced me that whatever I felt, they could feel. So my anger for him, if I buried it in any way, he would bring it out again. Make it so I felt overwhelmed, and then... Made you think the 13 would get overwhelmed, too? Yes. He did that with me. He did? (sighs) Yeah. Except I had no control over my overwhelm, and so it affected... You had recruits? No, but... I had Demi. He triangulated you and Demi? Oh, Helena, I'm... I'm so sorry. So very sorry. I'm probably the reason she didn't respond when you sent her a return vidcon. When she finds out I'm here, she's probably never going to want to come near this place. No, we'll find her. I'll explain. I'll help her see. You couldn't have known what he was doing. Now you know why I blame myself. I am a flying monkey. I'm Demi's. She was in so much pain. You really think she sees you that way? I don't know. All I know is that I have to find her so so I can apologize. That guilt is terrible. I can see why you're so eager to find her. I just want her to know how sorry I am. We'll find her. I'll make sure of it. In the meantime, all these flying monkeys, what do we do about them? Ben, my wife's uncle, Dana's professor? We have to accept they were manipulated just as much as we were. If not more so. But that doesn't mean we can't hold them accountable. Sorry, Helena. I think Demi holding me accountable might make me feel better. I suspect Ben had a similar response to Addie. He did. He takes it seriously. I think he'll find his footing. Like I did. What helped you? Telling someone. I confessed to Wesley and Alcorn, thinking that I was this murderer. I was ready to tell the world then, but Alcorn stopped everything and told me why I felt responsible. Explained the real story. So it was the inquiry? No. It was squaring my shoulders and telling Wesley, and being willing to tell the world. Even if Alcorn's info hadn't exonerated me. I was still ready to admit it and damn the consequences. That guilt doesn't go away. What? Well, excuse me for saying so, but I'm around you a lot. I get the passing guilt whenever we get near anything with the Thirteen. I know you feel guilty. What keeps that emotion staying? Why can't you just stop that one like you do the others? Because I actively work to keep that guilt. Tormenting yourself? You think that's the best way to handle this? No. Reminding. What? You're reminding yourself. Yeah. How did you know? I do the same thing with my wife's uncle. 
I keep the anger near when he's around so that I remember how much of a danger he is. Wait, you keep emotion? Yeah. Even though it's uncomfortable? It's painful. Is that okay for me to say? Yeah, you could describe it that way. You broadcast that pain. Yeah, sucks. And I hate it, but if it keeps my family safe... So, no, I don't think Percy's tormenting herself. The guilt is protection? Yes. Against what? Traumatized compliance. (laughs) Blindness to red flags. Do all survivors feel this? Almost all of the survivors I've met feel some degree of emotional displacement or... Holding on to certain emotions. Is it bad? Does it mean we're still attached to our abusers? I don't think so. Trip, what do the materials from this week say? There isn't really anything on this. Probably because it hasn't been researched a whole lot. Why not? Well, most recovery is counted as complete once a survivor can maintain no contact. That no contact standard looks like the end of healing. But it's not. I don't believe so. I believe there's more healing work to be done. If rumination is still kicking in... If I'm holding on to emotion to protect my family... Right. Sounds like there's research to be done about post-recovery, then. I think you're right. And I think that research would change the whole field. Ah. Helena, there's a wonderful little spark there. Yeah, just for the first time, I feel like maybe I could be special. Do something for the field that no one else has done. Want me to help you open a petition with the Haven's IRB? Yes, I want that very much. So maybe there's no answer to our earlier question because it hasn't been researched yet. Which question? I got distracted by research. What do we do about people like Ben and Dana's professor? Refocus to reclaim. The tool? What makes you say that? If we focus on ourselves, what we did, what's important for us to work on, we leave their work for them, for them to figure out what's important for them to work on. Okay, I can see that. My job is to focus on my healing. What about being the flying monkey? Same thing applies. You do the work to ensure it never happens again and let the others have their healing and what they need. At their pace. At their pace. So if Demi decides not to come here because of me? Fifteen other havens for her to choose from. Is that abandoning her, though? I think it's more that we're protecting her. Maybe. Why don't I spend some time on the refocus tool for next week? I'd be grateful. I don't want to be seen as the villain in anyone's story. Alright, I can do that. Till then? Till then. How is Helena doing with everything these days? She seems to be struggling. And who's her advo? Jeanette. Though we might be making a switch soon. Why is that? I'm about to have more time. (laughs) Yeah? How's that? I'm not going to be doing training anymore. We got the team all up to speed. I'm going to be staying here for a whole week at a time. Heaven. I am in heaven. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just happy I get to be here next week. What's next week? Alcorn's confront session with her abuser. Does that mean they're bringing him here? Yep. To this very building, in fact. Here? Why not one of the confront rooms? Uh, Topher's been incrementally increasing the security of the buildings where Percy and I spend the most time. Increasing security? Yes. 
Since Percy got back from the encampment mission, Topher's been a little obsessed with adding layers of protection. Did something happen on the mission? To the contrary, it was low-key as possible. Addie got a live feed of my biosigns, and despite a minor trigger, no one had to remove me. Why does Topher want the added layer of protection, then? He's protective in general. He once offered to give us both a team of bordered empaths. Team? He's that concerned? I... I think there's a trigger there, based on the fatherly thing he feels toward us. He's triggered by being fatherly? No, it's not that. I've seen the way he looks at you two. I've felt the waves of protection when we're together. Wait, is that why he had the bordered empaths outside while we were at the governor's house last week? Yep. He told the team there it was about protecting the governor, but I'm certain it was about these two. Topher (laughs) must have his reasons. He's a good man. He really is. Feeney? You got kind of quiet there. I'm not sure how to say what I'm feeling. What's that? What's what? The whatever you had in the auricular just now, and now you're trying to hide it from me. It's... I don't know how to talk about this. Wait, is this about a survivor, or is it about Topher? I'm getting a lot of cycling images. Slow down. I'm trying to. Uh Uh-oh. What? I've been having night terrors this last week. Again? Yeah. Is Percy managing them still? No wonder you've been so agitated. She's making it so I don't have to get overwhelmed by the terror, so I don't have to see the images that cause the overwhelm. We can review them when you're feeling stronger, but you have to slow the flashes down in the auricular. Flashes? I I can't control it. Feeny. What? Uh, She's happy because I just admitted to needing help. (sighs) Yes. I I can help with the overwhelm now if you'll let me. You want me to sit next to you while she helps you? How will you help? Yes, you can sit next to me. And yes, you can help. Yes, I need help. Yes, I'm admitting I need help. It's because of this week's dreams. Wait, did you just use a pun? What? Feeny so dreamy. Are you saying that your dreaminess is... Huh. I (laughs) guess I did. (laughs) That's good, Addie. I love that. Percy, are you looking at the images when you manage them? Not all of them. Do you know what they're about if she's taking the images? She's only taking the parts at the end, the the part where I'm having the uncontrollable terror. At the beginning of the dream, I'm in the never-ending story. When the warrior is on a quest to save the childlike empress, I'm walking through a great field and suddenly there's a mirror. And like the warrior, I look in the mirror and I see a reflection, but it's not me. It's someone else. Whoa. Right. What? I'm getting the image. I... I didn't know. Have you been hiding that one? I didn't think it was important. What's the visual? It's Reed. I see Reed in the mirror. Are you kidding me? And you think that's not important? It's more the message of the reflection than it is the actual image. You see that you're the echo. That you're the reflection of the real person and not not the the real real person person himself. himself. Okay, so the message? Reed is an inverse metaphor of you. You had an abusive father. Reed had a heroic father. Reed's courageously exploring every possible avenue to get to know his father. And I avoid even acknowledging that my father was abusive. Wow. That was a courageous admission. Only my best for you, Percy. Ah, Sonia. She's the underlying trigger here. How is she doing? She's usually too busy to take my calls lately. She's not saying anything when we do talk. 
I think she feels obligated to answer my calls because of my status with Franklin. She seems to be avoiding everything else. I'm sh sorry to hear that. What does Sonia have to do with the mirror? Another of my mirror dreams is that Sonia sees Franklin in the mirror when she's in the field. What are all these dreams about? What's the psychological need behind them? I think mine is about admitting that I don't feel capable of dealing with any of this. Any of what? Any of anything. Does that mean you're going to take a break? No, it just means I don't feel capable. All of us are here to help you. And you said yourself that Jeanette is a good temporary co-director. If you need a break... Nope. What I need is to buck up and face it so I can be capable. Of course. Glad to see some of that anger show up. It will help you process things. I just wanted you to know that we're here to support you while you do. Good. Good talk. Can we cut this a little short today? I've got a senior staff training to run for the San Fran side of the coalition, yeah? Of course. Do what you wish. Thanks. See y'all later. Do you do that on purpose? What? Do what you wish. It's from the never-ending story. It's what the childlike empress tells Bastion before Bastion starts rebuilding Fantastica. No, I had no idea. It made him withdraw. I think there's more here than he's letting on. I'm worried about what he's hiding. Ashley, are you all right? No, he's never been good at coping with his overwhelm. How can we help? Give him space. He's so emotionally intelligent. It's hard to see him like this. But if space is what he needs... His pace. We can do that. Yes. How can we help you? You two want to go with me to pick up the girls from school? <laughs> you two go ahead. I'd like to send a note to Jeanette real quick. Is that giving him space? Is it? I don't know. But it's worth a shot. We'll head down to see you in a minute. And so now I just cover these in dirt. Mm-hmm. But dip your trowel in the fertilizer first. That will help them grow. And these are different from those over there? Yes. These are the white anemones. Oh, like the ones in the other arboretum? Yes. This one didn't have any, so Truman and I agreed that it would be nice Truman to... and you agreed? Yes. <laughs> Truman and I talk about the arboretums, and the grounds team was happy to let Truman add me to the volunteer list. Have you seen the plane tree he planted at the beginning of this year? It's taller than Ben now. And the thing I notice after Truman's been through a garden is that it feels like I can breathe in there. Mm, I notice the same. The same? Yes. The same? No, I'm, I'm fairly certain that you and I both do not see the same of anything to do with Truman. <laughs> is that so? Are you this evasive with Ben? Evasive? How? Can Ben read that avalanche of adoring love you've got for Truman? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that. Yes, that. Um, he's... Uh, no, Ben can't read it. So are you saying Ben isn't looking for it? Or that you're hiding it from Ben? Uh, maybe a bit of both. Why are you keeping something so glorious from Ben? Maybe I worry that he won't see it as glorious. And if he does? I'm less worried about what Ben thinks, though. Ah, you're worried I won't approve as your advo. Yes, I am. I'm very worried about that. What if I told you that I'm less worried about you and more worried about Truman? Because of Franklin? Yes. Hmm. What if 
I'm not worried because I'm sure about Truman. Even when he's in crisis? Yes. Percy, I love him. And he loves me. And now that I'm not in residence here, there's no rule we're breaking. The only thing that would stop me from moving forward with him is if you thought it was a bad idea. Well... Okay, but don't. <laughs> don't think it's a bad idea. Do you know why? I can't say. Because he's wonderful. He understands boundaries, and you should see him with Gershwin. And Ben even likes him. And there's so much good in him. And then there's how I feel when I'm with him. I feel seen. I feel like he understands me. And it's not love bomb. It's so respectful. When I say I need a break, Truman finds his own life and his own work. And when he says he needs a break, it's so sweet and tender. I love his little quirky smile. And I love his wonderful heart. And But, Kari, I trust you to know what a safe relationship looks like. And I trust Truman. <laughs> he is so sweet and good, just like you said. You two, you deserve someone as wonderful as the other. Really? Really. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that I thought you should slow down because of Truman's brother. I just wanted you to know that it may have long-term effects. Things we can't see right now. And Sonia still isn't certain where all this came from. Truman said that you might be worried about us because of how quickly Sonia and Franklin got together. Um, that hadn't even crossed my mind. But I can see why Truman would raise that as a concern. Do you think this is too fast? What do you think? I think fast would be if Truman expected us to move in together right now, or if he expected us to have another child right away. But no, this feels like a respectful pace. The contentment I'm getting from you? No, I don't think it's fast. <laughs> Percy, he's just so... I can't believe this is my real life. <laughs> I can. You deserve it. <laughs> Thank you. It is my honor and privilege to be witness to your healing. <laughs> now, about your seedlings. Okay, okay. Just show me how to do it one more time. Hey, it's Percy and Feeney here. What you've just heard is a work of fiction, but we know that many listeners are living in a world of pain that isn't fictional at all. At the end of every episode... We're going to include an appendix of sorts. Some things we hope will serve those who live with a reality of fear and pain every day. First, we want to let you know about our website, www.empowering.tools, where we keep an ongoing list of books, websites, hotlines, and many other resources for victims and survivors of toxic relationships. Second, we love to hear from you. If you'd like to share your story with us or let us know how the episode impacted you, we'd love for you to reach out. These are deeply emotional things, and we want to give you a chance to share. We're a small team, so an in-depth response isn't always possible, but we do read every message we receive. Third, if you're in crisis or you need to find an immediate way out, 
please call 800-799-7233 for the National Domestic Abuse Hotline. If your abuser is a parent or a non-romantic relationship, there are other resources we've listed on the website that are just for you. A reminder, emotional violence is still violence. You don't need to have bruises on your body to deserve help, and it's okay to feel what you're feeling when you call. Fourth, be safe. For some, getting out will take planning and time. If you know you need help, do what you need in order to safely get away. Lastly, we know how difficult it can be to believe there's hope on the other side of a toxic relationship. Many on our team know the devastatingly difficult steps it takes to get away from an abusive predator. But there is hope. You don't have to do it alone. If you don't have supportive family or friends, you can still find support at the hotlines we mentioned earlier or at a local hospital or shelter. Thousands of survivors have made it out. Getting out and reclaiming your freedom can be your story. We believe in you. We believe in your future. And And we we believe believe in your right to that freedom. freedom.